Hey, hey, yes, yes, y'all. What's going on? Thank you, Podcast World. Appreciate you for being there. And yes, we are back with a new wrinkle on the brain. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, I'm BG. Hi, hi, I'm BG. Um, BG here, and we will do a new wrinkle today. But believe it or not, we're gonna get back to some old school wrinkle stuff, man. Because you know, I, I stepped away for a little bit, took a little break. Uh, did not intend to. <laughs> But I had to deal with some things, and right about now, I want to uh, I want to give one of my most somber videos ever. Before I do so, I got to point out a couple things. Um, people, just in case you're not aware, we're in a culture war. We are in a political war. We are in a war of us versus them. There's currently been a pretty clear-cut example of they are bad, we are not, you will vote this way, we will tell you what to vote for. And then there's another group like, hey, well, let's just let's just do what we normally do when we vote. What are you talking about? And, and yeah, it it's grown to a head. So, you know, I have plenty of examples, plenty of stuff I could put out there, but let's just go over the facts real quick. We were told for about eight years. We were told for eight years a certain thing was happening. Like, you know, let's let's just let's just use some funky names, right? Let's have some fun. And a new wrinkle on the brain would like to make one ahead. Uh, we're gonna do a LARP session. It's called a LARP uh, live action role play, and um, you're hearing a bug die to his death right now, which is great. Thanks a lot. I'm not editing that out. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, if you hear that, sorry. Not sorry. But, no, seriously, you know, I've never seen more corruption and treason than what I'm seeing right now. And what's even more impressive is one group has the media controlled. We know they've done that. We, we've been told directly that they're doing that. And then we're told if you don't vote for me, you're not black, uh, LGBTQ, you have to vote for me. Uh, you know, we're being sent a signal. And like Trump or not, like him or not, eventually you have to understand it's no longer about politics anymore. This is, it's obviously personal. And, and when we get to a point where it's personal, that's where I have to be like, hmm. We got to pump the brakes a little bit, guys, because uh, this can get weird and funky very fast. We probably should be careful on what we're doing. I'm not receiving the same candor online. I'm not hearing other presenters online just being like, hey, look, I'm just in the middle of the road. I don't know anything. My vote needs to be swayed i'm not saying i need to be purchased oh my gosh no i would never say my vote needs to be bought however you need to at least buy my trust just buy a little bit of it you know uh, give me the assumption you're trying to run for the office in which that you tell me that you're going to change the world about and if you get in there then we will follow your doctrine for your last name, Anomics? Hmm. 
Interesting. The last time someone called themselves the economy, it didn't work out well. Um, every time that a that a leader of a country names themselves a like like within the financial sector, it normally doesn't work well. Now, I will say the uh, last time it did work well would have been the the uh, 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 what's his name. Goddamn FDR, ain't that some shit? <laughs> Reconstruction era after no, during and after a complete financial failure. Oh, that's right. The last time something like this happened, it would have been around 1929 when the stock market crashed, giving us FDR releasing land. Providing funds for people, eventually it went to the pocket of the normal American, and we don't seem to hear anywhere at all in any type of political analysis or any type of, you know, review session. I, I have yet to hear a political review of anyone say, hey, you know, what we need right now is a reconstruction phase, like obviously what we had to do to get out of the first depression because we're about to go into another one. I'm not hearing that. There are economists out there not even talking about this. They are avoiding a lot of huge, huge, huge red flags. I might even get started on the UN or the WHO. I'm just going to tell you this. You have been had. I don't care who you're going to vote for. I don't care who you don't like. Here's the thing. A lot of people don't like their bosses. But you know what? A lot of people still go to work. I don't give a fuck who your boss's name is. I don't care who your boss's name is. Think about that for a moment. And if it really bothers you what the name of our president is right now, I'm just going to let you know something. I'm pretty 100% sure our current president pooped himself in front of the current king of England. Not only the king, but also the duchess of the king. I guess his wife, the chick he's banging right now after killing Diana, but that's all another podcast. Now, if he farted in, in, in front of Camilla Parker Bowles, we have to understand, this is a man that gives no fucks. <laughs> like we, we, have a, we have a problem, guys. We got a man in there that gives no fucks. But at the same time, we also have a situation where we're being told not to look at the... At, the king obviously had no clothes on. We, we're being told to look. And yeah, I'm going to be the guy that says it. The king has on no clothes, guys. What are we doing? Fuck, are we doing? I, I, I'm not going to continue with the innuendo. Like I, I, at first, I was just like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to expose a couple, 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 you know, theories on possible corruption here or there. Yeah, you know, I don't know where I'll land, but you know, I'll save the video. So what I did, right? So far, the data dump that no one knows about on YouTube, which is one of my playlists on the A New Wrinkle on the Brain YouTube channel. You can go ahead and check that out on YouTube. Have fun with that. Please do log in when you do so. Now, when you go to the page, you're going to notice in the playlist that no one knows about on YouTube, one of my playlists on my YouTube. This is fucking crazy. I have more than 400 videos, literally every single thing. Fun fact. I was recording every single video, even going back to the actual J6, quote, insurrection, end quote. I would say 
in that video, and I've I watched it again just for poops and giggles, it was very, very clear there's no case to be had here against any type of person that would have been a inciter of violence. We need to be looking at Ray Epps. But what I'll also say is, if I have these videos correct in the succession of how they've occurred, the videos that happen online provided more information bef way before mass media news. The data that I have in the data dump is easily a month or two ahead of the news. I have weather displays in there. I have political stuff, which is always fun for me because I just laugh because I got a lot of Benny Johnson in there. Benny Johnson has the best memes, fun fact. But I, I, I stopped doing this cultivation because I was like, uh, you know what? I was told something silly. Here you go. Here you go. Wait, check this out. I was told something silly. I heard a, I heard a, a silly a silly phrase from a friend of mine, and the friend says, uh, "Hey man, uh, you know I'm gonna send I'm gonna send you a link. I'm sending you a link to this video. Awesome video I've been watching. All right, cool. I think I'm going on a rabbit hole or something. No, nope, he just sent me some shitty music and a cat video. I'm not down with that. So I let him know. Okay, if you're gonna send me two pieces of shit videos, I'll give you two pieces of shit." I sent him the WHO video of uh, Mer uh, what was it? Dr. Marilyn Hess explaining the soft cue being confirmed by the ESG and DI DEI scores. Oh, yeah. And I also sent him the video that explains in direct detail the correlation between every single time the Biden family is found to have more evidence of corruption versus the dates and times of every time Trump has been arraigned indicted and or provided prosecutorial prosecutorial uh, steps and things he has to go to court and shit you know what i'm saying so every time he has to go to court it seems to coincide with the day the day before always coincides with more information of direct involvement of corruption of our current president mr robinette whatever you want to call him but that guy and his son hunter i don't know why Again, sorry. No, I don't mean this. I don't mean this. I don't mean this. I just have to say it. I don't trust adults named Hunter that are above 40. Just put it out there. Get over it. So anyway, with that being said, they've, they've found different types of drugs in the White House. We've found, I've heard, upwards of $60 million of fraud. I've heard multiple pieces of information about the seventh granddaughter that was not being acknowledged as a human. Oh, and um, yeah, it turns out Ashley Biden's lap, uh, her Ashley Biden's diary. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, everything James O'Keefe said is actually 100% factual. Turns out she 100% confirms everything that was said, and the FBI knew it beforehand, before he ever even had the diary. But you know, those are the editorial parts of the paper that no one looks at. Or, like I like to call it, it's the revolution, guys. It's happening. The revolution is happening. It is being broadcasted. I'm recording every single step of it. I don't care how you feel about it. I don't care how you feel politically. I don't plan to vote. But the thing is, you have to look at both sides because guess what? You've been had. It's only one side that's been had. I know. Uh, Trump's not uh, Trump's not my guy. Eh, I don't give a fuck anymore. You have to understand. In a book written by someone who shares my name, 
the book is uh, Heroes and Myths. The second book is A Hero's Journey. My name is Joseph Campbell, fun fact. Ha! Duh. But no, um, the, the author, Joseph Campbell, wrote these books, right? Uh, as a white guy a long time ago. Uh, I, I read, I've read the books. I've, I've, I've listened to them thoroughly, and oh my god, it definitely coincides with right now. But there's only one other mind, one other person that comes to me, and I'm like, you know what? Damn, that motherfucker's a little smarter than my ass. I ain't that smart. And my name's Joseph Campbell. Ain't that some shit? Uh, but no, seriously, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I kid. Just, it's a joke, people. Get over it. Um, so there was a thing that we I watched. With the Mr. Thomas Sewell, Sewell, so whatever you want to call him, um, I'm gonna share my screen, and you're gonna hear some words from Mr. Thomas Soul that I believe are 100% relevant to what's happening right now. It makes complete sense. It's something concise. It's delivered well. The fact that this man's not a president before Obama still freaks me out, but just, 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 just bear, bear with me. Let's give this a gander. We're gonna give it a gander. Got our, our little thing there. I'm gonna put a little head down here. We'll go ahead and move it. Meow. There you go. Now you can see me. Hi everyone. Hi everybody. Hi. All right. There we go. So screens look good. Everything looks good. Let's go and yeah. Or no, no. While I was still a graduate student, got it. Uh, and so during the summer vacation, I, I worked in the U.S. Department of Labor. And I began to realize, from a number of things, that the government is not simply the personification of the general will, like uh, Rousseau or, or others. The government is an institu The government institutions have their own institutional uh, interests. Uh, one involved the minimum wage law. I was a big supporter of that, but I also knew that there was an argument that minimum wage laws simply price low wage workers out of a job. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, my first assignment was, was dealt with minimum wages in Puerto Rico. And as I looked at the numbers, I would see as they would jack up the minimum wages, the number, number of jobs would go down and so forth. But there were two explanations. One was that of the economist that you price the people out of a, out of a job. And the other was that there, are, there were uh, hurricanes that had come to Puerto Rico, you see, during the sugar harvesting. And therefore, and I was studying the sugar industry, and therefore, it destroyed a lot of the crop. Therefore, you wouldn't hire as many workers. Now, in Chicago, I had been taught that if there are two different theories, there should be some, more, some empirical evidence in principle that could distinguish what would happen under one theory from what would happen under the other. Right. And so I wrestled with that for the, most of the summer. And one morning, I came in and I said, I got it. What we need are data on the amount of sugar cane standing in the fields before the hurricane struck. And as I waited for the congratulations, I could see stricken looks around me in the room. Like, this guy has stumbled on something that will ruin us all. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and they said, well, we, we don't have those data. I said, oh, I'll bet the Department of Agriculture has it. And he said, well, well but we, that doesn't mean we have it. Uh, well, we, you'd have to have a, a request go up the chain of command to the Secretary of Labor. He would then confer with the Secretary of Agriculture. It would come down the chain of command in the Department of Agriculture to whoever has those numbers. And so on. I said, good. Well, they say a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So I will now submit my request to the Secretary of Labor, which I did. 
and I am still patiently awaiting <laughs> this reply. And the institutional fear of the number was what? That it uh, would... I, oh, the U.S. Department of Labor administers the minimum wage law. I see. And, I, and the uh, uh, money and the careers of perhaps a third or some other significant percentage of the, of the Labor Department's uh, resources come from administering the minimum wage law. All right. Now, if you're not understanding or not following, let me just pop my little head in right now. Hi, here I am. Uh, yeah, we're just backing up real quick. So he's mentioning minimum wage. I want you to think about what he just said. Let's try it one more time. I mean, we have it. Uh, you'd have to have a, a request go up the chain of command to the Secretary of Labor. He would then confer with the Secretary of Agriculture. It would come down the chain of command and, and the Department of Agriculture to whoever has those numbers. And so on. I said, good. Well, they say a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. I'm going to pause right there. A journey of a, of, of a mile does, yes, indeed, does, does begin with a single step. Yes, I do agree. However, in order for a person who even works anywhere near agriculture to make money, good luck. If you have anything that has to do with the Secretary of Labor or Department of Labor, good luck. Did you know, fun fact, majority of high-paying jobs are actually a product of the Department of Energy. Do you even remember voting for that? Does anyone even remember voting that the Telecommunications Act was also to create a streaming service system that would take people off the TV, off of CDs as well, and put everything into a streaming network system that was to be monitored and governed by the Secretary of Labor. I wonder if we knew that that was even a thing. I wonder. I just really, truly wonder. But what I'm going to do, take a little ahead here. This video is also available on the data dump that no one knows about. If you want to check it out, this is available on the data dump that no one knows about. The playlist that I've curated so you don't have to do anything, but check it out if you want to. You can always watch the full video on your own. 53 minutes long. I'm not going to play all of it here, but you can always like it on it. Uh, look at it. You can always check it out on your own. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. So we're going to take it forward. I have a little bit more of this video I'm going to expose to those who feel that there may be some type of, oh, we can't have someone. No, he's a boogeyman. He's he's a bad person. He, we can't have him. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, keep on thinking that way. Keep talking that way. I want you to hear this real quick, and then I'll come back with it with my ones and twos, and you'll understand exactly where I'm going here in about four and a half more minutes. Check it out. Ways of looking at life that go back at least 200 years, the constrained vision and the unconstrained vision. The constrained vision, I'm quoting from A Conflict of Visions, sees the evils of the world as deriving from the limited and unhappy choices available given the inherent moral and intellectual limitations of human beings, close quote. So the constrained vision under itself, understands itself as constrained by the limitations of reality itself. Yes. Is that yes. Is that's correct? Yes. Okay. In other words, they cannot proceed as so many do, that good things happen automatically, but bad things are somebody's fault. Got it. Got it. And then to continue here, the constrained vision, again, quoting from A Conflict of Visions, for the amelioration, improvement, of the human condition, the constrained vision relies on certain social processes, such as moral traditions, the marketplace, 
or families, mm. not government. Mm. So explain that. Why, why do we rely, why do, why do we rely on, so, on processes rather than the will of the people instituting changes to improve our condition? Well, uh, it doesn't ignore government. Uh, uh, even for the market to work, you have to have a government as uh, Europe discovered when the Roman Empire collapsed and the economies right. collapsed also. Uh, but I, I guess um, one of the reasons would be that with the government you have surrogate decision makers and they cannot possibly know as much as the individuals whose de personal decisions have been preempted. I see. I see. All right. Which brings us to the unconstrained vision. When, again, I'm quoting you, when Rousseau said that man is born free but everywhere in chains, he expressed the essence of the unconstrained vision which the, in which the fundamental problem is not nature or man, but institutions. Yes. Would you explain that one? Well, he has the notion that, uh, again, that, that good things happen naturally. Uh, and if they're bad things, it's because uh, institutions, including civilization itself, have, have made these bad things happen. And of course, uh, and I think that that's really the, uh, the, uh, the implicit assumption behind a lot of things that are said on the left today. Uh, and when, why in my most recent book I go to a lot of trouble to show that uh, in nature uh, there's nothing resembling equal opportunity. That wherever you look around the country, around the, around the world, uh, you find people who live up in the mountains, poor and backwards, even in the richest country. Uh, including the United States. Mm -hmm. I believe the, the poorest country in the United States, the county rather, uh, was in a mountain community, uh, which was almost 100% white. Somewhere and, in Appalachia, West Virginia, yes, yeah, Southern yeah, Ohio. Or, right, yes. mm -hmm. uh, and, and that men in that, in that county had a life expectancy 10 years less than men in a, in a county in, in, in Virginia. And the constrained, the unconstrained vision says, let's fix that. We, surely we can pass a law that would improve that. And the constrained vision says, well, now wait a moment. If people who live in isolated pockets in mountains are poor and backwards all around the world, and we see this pattern over and over and over again, maybe there's something very deeply rooted in reality about that yes. that's hard for us to get at. Correct? Yes. All right. So, in the book, A Conflict of Visions, you're very dispassionate and very analytical, and you lay out the unconstrained vision, and you lay out the constrained vision, and you don't really come out blazing in favor of one or the other. No, it, 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 yeah, the, the, that is not a book meant to, meant to uh, show one vision is, is better than the other. It, it's there to show you what, what they are and what right. you're assuming. If you, if you go one direction or another. Okay. And it's, it's to encourage people to understand the implicit assumptions behind all this, without which you're, you're just at, 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 lot, at loose ends. All right. Woo! Oh, my God. Oh. Woo! Man. Boy, I tell you, when he starts talking, boy, I just, I get all, ooh. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So one more time. The unconstrained vision, okay? This is the unconstrained vision. I just want you to make sure you got it, okay? Institutions. Yes. Would you explain that one? Well, he has the notion that, uh, again, that, that good things happen naturally. Uh, and if they're bad things, it's because 
uh, institutions, including civilization itself, have, have made these bad things happen. And of course, uh, and I think that that's really the, uh, the, uh, the implicit assumption behind a lot of things that are said on the left today. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad, my bad. Hold on. Okay, so that was the left. My bad, my bad. Uh, there we go. This one. There, no, no, I had it right. Yeah, yeah, that was the unconstrained. Okay, yeah. So that okay, so that was the unconstrained. What you just heard. Here's the constrained vision. So the constrained vision says, and this is current policy. This is currently what's going on. Okay, so just here, here we go. Okay to one of my favorite books, your 2000 book. This is a beat up old copy. Mm -hmm. This book, Conflict of Visions, yes. which you published in 2007. And no. you lay out, I'm sorry. 1987. I beg your pardon, 1987. Reprinted in 2007. Uh, well, beat up as this book is, it turns <laughs> out this is a reprint, sorry. 1987, and you lay out two competing ways of looking at economics and politics, really two competing ways of looking at life that go back at least 200 years the constrained vision and the unconstrained vision. The constrained vision, I'm quoting from a conflict of vision. Okay, there we go. I, I, I think I'm back on track. We'll, we'll, we'll start the way he reads it. So he reads it first with the constrained vision. First, constrained vision. And I'm just going to read what it says on the screen, okay? The constrained vision sees the evil of the world as deriving from the limited and unhappy choices available given the inherent moral intellectual limitations of human beings visions sees the e and you know what let me yeah yeah i'm gonna keep positive there. so as i'm reading that right and, and this is a direct quote thomas soul the book is entitled a conflict of visions and in this book like he mentions it's written in 1987 it was reprinted in 2007. i don't care if you have this book or not this is one of the most profound pieces. You probably don't have to read the whole book for this, but this is really, I think, where the vision goes. You know what I'm saying? And as he's explaining it, I'm like, ah, okay, I kind of see where the book goes. But let me just break this down real nice and slow so everyone's with me, okay? Because this is, this is big words, big words. So the constrained vision, and here's the quote. It sees the evil of the world as derived from the limited and unhappy choices available, given the inherent moral and intellectual limitations of human beings. Meaning, we are the problem. Are you noticing that? Because what's gonna happen here with the constrained vision, it's more of a, it's more of a, they're wrong, they broke it, they must fix it, kinda, I am victim because of me being human being. I have limits. I'm limited. And because of my intellectual limitations, I'm now in a situation of being a human being in need. I, I, I think I think this that's something that's not really, you know, it, you know, they're not homing down on that right here. But if you go back and listen, and I'm just gonna t I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it play from here. I think you're gonna get that takeaway real quick. Okay, uh, watch. Check it out evils of the world as deriving from the limited and unhappy choices available given the inherent moral and intellectual limitations of human beings." Close quote. So the constrained vision under itself, understands itself as constrained by the limitations of reality itself. Yes. Is that, yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. 
In other words, they cannot proceed as so many do, that good things happen automatically, but bad things are somebody's fault. Got it. Got it. And then to continue here, the constrained vision, again, quoting from a conflict of visions, for the amelioration, improvement of the human condition, the constrained vision relies on certain social processes, such as moral traditions, the marketplace, or families, mm. not government. Mm. So explain that. Why, why do we rely, why do, why do we rely on, so, on processes rather than the will of the people instituting changes to improve our condition? Now, instead of allowing Thomas Sowell to answer, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean it up a little bit. There has always been a progressive notion. We know what progressives were. We understand what progressives wanted to be. Our current political progressive representatives, are they anything close to what is explained in the details in which that Thomas Sowell just presented? No, only an ideology. Bernie Sanders is a good example. AOC is a good example. Even uh, I, I'll even stretch and say Katie Porter is a very good example of what this means. This means you can speak it and it'll happen. I'm not knocking any politician. Guess what? I respect the role. I don't care. It doesn't take any skin off my back because guess what? The three representatives I'm talking about, they ain't even in my state. So I don't, they, they don't really hurt me. However, these quasi-progressives came in with a notion of we will do this and this. We will have policies for wah-wah. We will make sure that we woo-woo. You know, there, there was a lot of mm-mm, a lot of la, 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 lip service, a lot of lip service. However, government was never included and neither were any changes within the government included in the rhetoric. Now, for that to be true, we now must move to the next piece. The next piece is, is very, very invaluable. So, check this out. Um, one of the reasons would be that with the government, you have surrogate decision makers and they cannot possibly know as much as the individuals whose de personal decisions have been preempted. I see, I see. All right, which brings us to the unconstrained vision. When, again, I'm quoting you, when Rousseau said that man is born free but everywhere in chains, he expressed the essence of the unconstrained vision which the, in which the fundamental problem is not nature or man, but institutions. Yes. Would you explain that one? Well, he has the notion that, uh, again, that, that good things happen naturally. Uh, and if they're bad things, it's because uh, institutions, including civilization itself, have, have made these bad things happen. And if now, I'm going to pause it here. I'm sorry. Sorry, I had to hop in. So it turns out, yes, that would be more of a Republican traditionalist or a constitutionalist. I, I hear that word a lot. I like that word, actually. A constitutionalist, someone who wants to go back to, hey, we have laws. Here's where they're written. Let's follow those. That's my takeaway. That's it. I don't get this racism. I don't get the they're against me. I don't get a I am a victim vibe. I get more of a, hey, we know policies are bad. Hey, uh, we also know some of these departments probably not really doing us any good. Let's reevaluate that. Go back, 
let's get back to the bare bones of what the law is, and let's go ahead and section that up the way it's supposed to be sectioned up. I'll even let Thomas Sowell kind of make it more clear to you. Of course, uh, and I think that that's really the, uh, the, uh, the implicit assumptions behind a lot of things that are said on the left today. Uh, and what, why in my most recent book I go to a lot of trouble to show that uh, in nature uh, there's nothing resembling equal opportunity. That wherever you look around the country, around the, around the world, uh, you find people who live up in the mountains, poor and backwards, even in the richest countries. Uh, including the United States. So, uh, and, and, you know, again, if you want to hear the whole interview, you want to hear the whole back and forth, it's, it's really, really good, by the way. But what I want you to have as a takeaway is this was understood in the eighties. What is happening right now, right? This very moment, this was understood in the eighties In the late eighties. That that book, like you said, the book was written in 87, dude. So, I mean, this is real. This is probably one of the biggest things I ever found. And even I'm like, wow, you know, bra- bravo to Thomas Sowell for this one, Max. I mean, he just knocks it out of the park every single time. <clears throat> um, this this second piece is kind of something. It, it's it's something, you know, I'm, I'm going to review this second one because I, I may not need it, but I do have another video I'm going to share here in just a second we'll take a look yeah so yes i did double check uh turns out the thomas soul uh second portion the second video i I had selected for uh for thomas soul turns out it was something that was just going to be a repeat so i didn't want to just play the same stuff back to you we're going to go ahead and move forward i have something way way cooler uh this is going to go into part two and three I think this is really, really going to be cool. So, yeah, hang in there for part two and three of A New Wrinkle on the Brain. We will be back with more of me, BG, with you. Ha-ha. And, yes, we will do some more. I do appreciate it. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being awesome. And thank you for being the new wrinkle that will be on your brain. And guess what? You can give it to everybody. You can share it as well. So I'll go in, I'll, we'll have the video for Thomas Sowell in the playlist no one knows about and you can go ahead and take it check it out check it yourself take a deep dive or send it to a friend you guys have a great time but thank you very much for being a part of the new wrinkle on the brain